This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there completely free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. All right. So, of course, you can bring up anything. By the way, I want to welcome our, uh, well, kind of our existing affiliate, KSIS, News Talk 1050 KSIS in Sedalia, Missouri. They joined us for our Saturday show at the beginning of 2011, and now they have expanded out to include the weeknight program. So Sweet. That's the plan, right? That's it's work. The plan is working. It's like that little silver platter with cheese on it at the grocery store. We let them try Sample. out Saturdays. Yeah. 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 Exactly right. Except we don't have a nice old lady. That's right. On our staff. Yeah. Uh, so, again, welcome aboard everybody in Sedalia to our weekday program, 800-259-9231. You'll find that it's a lot like the Saturday show, except all week long. <laughs> so, And we've got more people on during the week as well. We've got some interesting folks on our third microphone, and Julia is here joining us tonight for actually the second time this week, so you get a double dose of uh, of Julia this week. And there's some, well, pretty awful news here that uh, I'm going to share in a moment about some of the activism up this way, uh, and we'll get to that in a moment. It was kind of a depressing day for me. Uh, first, let's talk to Justin in Nebraska. Justin, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Uh, yeah, yesterday you were saying how interesting it might be if someone did a man-on-the-street type of thing for Independence Day. Yeah, uh, asking folks uh, what they're celebrating. Right. Uh, why? Mark Dice actually did it, and oh. it's on YouTube. Really? Who did it? How does one find that? And was it this year that you did it? No, not me. Mark Dice, uh, you know, just some kind of a Illuminati-type guy. But he doesn't say anything about the Illuminati. It's all about this. But it's uh, it's called Americans Don't Know Why We Celebrate Fourth of July. And uh, it's about six minutes long, and, yep, people just don't even care. It's kind of funny. He leads them. He's like, so we're celebrating our independence from Mexico and China, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I've seen one of his videos before. He was the guy who... trying to give away a gold gold piece piece or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I I question the veracity of the the videos. I mean, simply because he is an Illuminati, you know, nut, uh, conspiracy nut, but... It was entertaining. I'll give him credit for that. He's kind of like an in-your-face, annoying dude, though. Uh, well, it's yeah. surely somebody's out there was take, was going to take him up on the the gold thing, and he said, "Ah, nah." And then yeah, you know, and like, cut, a, cut them out of the video. Cut them out. I, so, I and, and probably somebody said, "Well, uh, plenty of people said uh, independence from England, dude," and, yeah. and, and he cut, cut them, them out, out too. Well, that's, that's what I'm wondering. There's one or two people saying that, so it's not like he completely edited. You okay, know, maybe there's some people that just said it, and he didn't show that, but. What do you what do you search for if you want to find this video? Uh, well, I you know search for Mark Dice Independence, and it should be the first one there. And it just says Americans don't know why we celebrate Fourth of July. It should come up right away. All right, you know, even with the gold thing, it doesn't matter if some people would have taken it. There are still people who didn't take it. Yeah, just like this. Right. You know, there's some people who know about our independence, but there is a lot of people who don't, and he shows those people. Very interesting. You know, I I agree with that, but I think that, um, you know, that... People have an expectation of a certain type of journalism, and if you don't meet that expectation, now I'm not saying he did or didn't. I just I question it. it, and I don't know with the gold thing. I think that it's more likely that people know that 
July 4th is the day that we celebrate independence from England, as opposed to people who know, like, because the gold piece he was trying to sell could have been fake. You know, somebody on the street trying to sell a gold piece might scare me a little bit, too. And I know what it's worth or about thereabouts. I know it's it's in excess of 1500 bucks. I think he was trying to sell it for 20 or something. Something like that. Something like that. And what's that? He pulled up to Taco Bell and tried to exchange it for two tacos. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that he he did some stuff right on the street too. Uh, if it was a, that right. one or a different video, no, I've seen the one where he's like on the on Venice Beach or something. Yeah, it like seemed that, like that. Talking to people. So, thanks for pointing that out. Anything else you want to share tonight? Uh, no, I'm good. Very good, Justin. Thanks for the call at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. But mainly, what I'm trying to say there is, if he uh, you know interviews forty people, he gets four crazy answers mm-hmm. and thirty six normal answers and then shows the four crazy answers and two normal answers that that would portray a situation that did not occur in real life now i think you could mitigate that uh, by simply saying at the end give a rundown give the numbers yeah make it make it clear right we cut out 30 people who said yes but kind of you know uh, making a premise that hey look Americans are really all stupid. And then, um, you know, I, and I'm not saying that he did this. I, that, that was the impression I got from the gold piece thing, though. And I don't remember the video. It's been more than a year that I, since I've seen it. But, you know, if, if you were to do some numbers like that, I don't know what his, what his uh, editing was and his, his practice. But Well, I guess you'll have to see it for yourself. That right? you could mislead the public is all I'm saying. So uh, toll-free number here tonight, 800-259-9231. I got up early this morning to go out to the, the local courthouse uh, to file some paperwork with uh, the sheriff's office and freedom of information requests. And I needed to make sure I was there bright and early to do it because they've been, you know, just closed for the last several days. They closed Friday and they closed Monday. And I need to get my hands on sur- surveillance footage, which they claim they overwrite after seven days. So it had been almost an entire week before I could actually get in to see these people. And so I go in this morning and some other of the activists from up here, Damo from LibertyOnTour.com and uh, JJ, our Thursday night co-host, uh, were both accompanying me. They had their own reasons for, for being there. We walk into the courthouse and are immediately told by gloating security guards that uh, there's a new order. And they point to a piece of paper and uh, there's some papers put up on the wall. And they claim that uh, this order means that we can no longer bring in any kind of uh, media devices, any kind of audio or video recording devices. Does that mean cell phones? Into the, that's correct. No cell phones, no uh, audio recorders, no video, no cameras, no computers. Uh, they are totally cracking down at the <laughs> it's, superior It's court. all 1976 in the, uh, in you, the courthouse. If huh? you have a pad of paper and a pencil, you probably will be allowed in. But anything besides that, uh, they are going to take from you. And so they stopped us at the security checkpoint. We couldn't get any further than that. They immediately began threatening us if we were to use any uh, video equipment. A demo's out on $5,000 bail. I'm out on double bail. Uh, because not not double cash, but just two bails at the same time. I've already violated my bail once. I'm already going to face a contempt of court charge for that. So I wasn't quite ready to go ahead and get arrested on this one today. But it feels like something that it feels like something I can't avoid in the future, and I don't like that. I don't like you know the idea of going to jail. I don't I don't really enjoy being you know away from my show and and doing sure. productive things. But at the same time, I don't feel like I can be their bitch 
on this issue. And I've been their bitch before, and I don't like being their bitch. And so allow me to explain here from their own order what it is that... uh, Where did this order come from? Well, it allegedly came from a man named Edwin Kelly. He is the administrative judge of the New Hampshire Circuit Court. So he is essentially the top dog. Now, this is the guy who is the person who, to whom you complain if you don't like a judge's behavior. So the same guy that they're saying, oh, if you don't like things, you just go and take it up the chain. Well, this guy's running cover for his judges. And the reason why... Well, let me explain. This is from their own order. Now, this is this is about as absurd. I would say this is on par with the absurdity of Orlando uh, because we've talked about Orlando and how there's a man in a robe there who has decreed that no one shall be on the uh, court property, the entire four square blocks uh, that is the court property, that no one shall be on the court property and hand out information, speak to jurors, uh, look funny at jurors. I mean, they, they, you can't make hand signals toward jurors. I mean, there's like nothing that you can do as far as outreach is concerned in uh, in Orlando. Here, there's nothing you can do as far as uh, being the media is concerned. Freedom of the press be damned. This this administrative judge has eliminated the, the First Amendment from his courthouse. I mean, that's essentially what he's trying to do. Well, this is, is really common for uh, federal courts, too, right? Yeah, they don't like you coming in with federal uh, in federal courts with video recording equipment. Is this just Keene Court, or is this it is just state, Keene statewide? They made they made this order specific to the uh, to <laughs> just, the Eighth Circuit Keen. in Keene. That's right. Uh, so we'll tell you why here in a moment. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. They claim that we have a that uh, that members of the public have accosted the presiding judge, and we actually have the audio from the video that's been posted over at freekeen.com of what they mean by accosted. Exactly what happened to get a demo arrested and charged with uh, a felony. We'll show that, share that in moments. You already know that you can support Free Talk Live and the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund by starting your Amazon or Newegg shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. But did you know that you can also spend bitcoins at Amazon or Newegg? That's right. Start your Amazon or Newegg shopping at spendbitcoins.com and you can buy just about anything with bitcoins. So if you're using fiat currency, start all your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. But when you want to spend bitcoins, start all your bitcoin shopping at spendbitcoins.com. That's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and the features on the site include the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of this program. Shrine.freetalklive.com will get you there. Shrine. .freetalklive.com. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes you pay on them feed the very beast that's stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. There's no combustion, no tar, no foul lingering odors, no smoke. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale water vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Use coupon code FTL for an additional 5% off at VaporStation.com. Toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. We're talking about corrupt courts 
And in the case of our very own Keene, New Hampshire, they're cracking down on the freedom of the press. We'll give you more details on exactly what's going on here in a moment. We've got John on the line listening in Grand Rapids, Minnesota to WNMT. Hello, John. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hi. I just want to say I enjoy your show very much. Um, Thank you, sir. Go ahead with your thoughts. One of the I called in last winter, and uh, Judge Lois Lang of the Ninth Judicial Court in Itasca County, Grand Rapids, Minnesota, um, is just uh, very biased, very rude. Um, we were in her courtroom, and it was over a, a custody issue. My stepdaughter ended up in a coma in the hospital and was deathly sick, and um, her father of her child was trying to say that this baby was in danger. We've been raising her for five years with my stepdaughter, and he'd been in and out of jail for the first two years. He had seven felonies on him, and this judge is the one that always had him during all of his troubles, and he, he violated his probation four times. The worst he ever got was a bracelet. So there's some connection there, and his mother is good friends with this judge and whatnot. And after she went berserk on us, threw papers in the air in the courtroom, screamed and yelled at our attorney, and um, admitted in the courtroom that she hadn't read none of our affidavits. Wait, this is the judge put, behaving like this? Yes, okay. Judge Lois Lane. Got it. And so, and I'll cut it real short, but there was a, an audio tape and a surveillance tape in that courtroom. And all we knew we could do was try to ask her to remove herself for bias. And when we did, she went crazy at us again. And at one point she said it wouldn't matter for her till 6 o'clock tonight. My mind's already made it up. And that's about reading none of her affidavits and, and the will that my daughter had made out saying four years earlier that she didn't want this kid to have custody. because he. So she's just not even bothering to pretend to be impartial? No, none whatsoever. But, but the deal was I paid 377 bucks, 77 pages for the sonographer's report, and... Jeez. The part, the parts in there that said um, that she said she wouldn't matter if she was there till six o'clock or might made up and and um, um, proven that she hadn't read the evidence because she hadn't read the medical directive because at one point she said to my son-in-law who was on the stand, it was, uh, I don't understand why you're even here. You should be at the bedside of your dying wife, which she's been for the last two weeks. She's in a coma." Right, but and, you know, and if he had a speeding ticket and had to be in court, she'd have put a warrant out for his arrest if he's by the bedside of his dying wife. She would have anyway, because he was subpoenaed to be to court because oh, he God. was named in, in the deal, you know. And and she said, I I believe that if your wife could speak, she would be glad to have this young man to have custody. And the will said no, there was no way. So she didn't even read the evidence. But so the, wait, were you going to say that the uh, transcript did or did not contain her outbursts? No, the, 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 nothing was in the transcripts, and eight people, including a 32-year high patrol and a 15-year bailiff, who's trained all of his life, one of the most honest men you ever met, uh, said it was like court TV, and, and none of that stuff was in there. So I pressed charges against this lady, the stenographer, for fel- felony charges, falsifying court documents, and they would not even hear it in our county, so they put it to another county. But the county they put it to is the county where the judge practiced for 20 years and where she lived. <laughs> and they wouldn't even look at it neither then. And what did then they bounce it back had, to you? How did they kick it back to you and say, what did they say? You don't have any standing? Yeah, basically, yep. you know, that, that they, they didn't think there was any standing or whatever. But That's always but what the they proof, say. The proof, 100% proof, is in the audio and the surveillance tape. The audio would show what was said, 
and the surveillance tape would show her throwing the papers in the air, which the definition of bias is what a reasonable person would consider bias. And I think any reasonable person would be considering that bias. Were you able to get your hands on that audio? No, they won't give it to us. And, and she refuses to let us have it. We petitioned to have her removed. And then they're violating the law in another way. If you don't like the color of your judge's eyes, in other words, if you don't think you're going to get a fair shake in a new proceeding, you can ask the court administrator to reassign a new judge. And they refuse to do that because they're afraid of this woman. She's got what I call robitis. She thinks she's... Uh, um, I don't, above the law. Well, I that's guess, what she's right. I mean, she is the law, effectively. And right. judges and this are is the problem pr- with monopolies, protected. and it's it's really it's a difficult problem to deal with. I have no advice for you. I wish I did. I wish I could say you know just do this or just do that. And I, I would say if you love liberty, move to New Hampshire. But that's not going to solve this problem. There's problems like that right here too. And thanks for the call, by the way. I appreciate hearing from you. You know, if there was if there was some way to have competition, I mean, even to be able to, you know, go to another another county would be some level of competition. But they won't even they he can't even get that because this is a monopoly and monopolies are always corrupt. They always provide bad customer service. And somehow or another, we in the United States and around the world have somehow come to the point that we believe that courts have to be monopolies in order to dispense justice. In order to be binding. It's so sad listening to that, too, because as bad as things are here in New Hampshire, they're not as bad as a lot of other places where you can't even get a camera into a courtroom. You, you can't do that. I mean, like down in Orlando, when John Kurtz was convicted last week of uh, recording a police officer, they charged him with some other nonsense. There's no crime in recording a police officer. They just arrested him because he was recording a police officer and then figured out some stuff to charge him with. Anyway, when he was in that courtroom, none of the folks that were in there were allowed to even have a cell phone on, you know, like even do anything with a cell phone. Like if they were touching their cell phones, the bailiffs would zoom in on them and uh, and threaten them. So no texting during the court? No, nothing at all. You, you could not use your cell phone. You certainly could not have a video camera in there. And it was you know, it's like a complete media blackout. When upstairs at the very same court building, they're allowing all the mainstream media in to record some murder trial. of uh, I guess she's found not guilty, apparently, this lady. Uh, the murder thing. Wow, where, not guilty? <laughs> I, my, my goodness. Not guilty. Guilties are so rare yeah. in the United States that I'm just I'm stunned. Uh, this is the kind of number. People, you need to hear this. Is more than 99% of people won't take their cases to court. And of the felony cases that do go to court, I couldn't find numbers for misdemeanors, Mm -hmm. felony cases, it's more than two-thirds are found guilty. I mean, we must have some really efficient cops and and a really efficient judicial system in order to uh, that Uh, 99.66% of people that are charged are guilty. So they let all the media into the murder case, but they won't let anybody in to the case with the Liberty Lover. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. They only in Keene, right? No, this, no, this is Orlando. This is Orlando. Oh, okay. But, you know, the fact is murders don't matter because, uh, you know, it's the it's the cases that actually set the rules for the court that they're concerned with. There's more coming up here at 800-259-9231. There is a, gonna be, there is a media crackdown in Keene. We'll tell you more about it. Come on. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond... TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert Ilya Zlobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now 
at trustedcoins.com. Talk live. Dial in toll free and bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. WIKIWiki.freetalklive.com. If you've ever been the victim of an injustice and decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive... Try Jurisdictionary.com. It's a course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and the four-CD course is so easy the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. I don't know what jurisdictionary will do for corrupt judges. I think that it, you know, it's better to be armed with information than it is to be unarmed. And jurisdictionary is the way that you can get the information. It's jurisdictionary.com. I've taken the course. I, I, I feel better armed for having taken it. When you do buy the course, make sure when you check out to use the pull-down menu mentioned Free Talk Live. It's jurisdictionary.com. We are talking about courtroom corruption and this system that is just so awful, tyrannical, unfair, uh, and, of course, as you pointed out earlier, Mark, a monopoly, and it has all the hallmarks of a monopoly. It's inefficient. It's In this case, it's a violent monopoly, and it is uh, just plotting. Uh, it's taken them over a year to actually bring me up on charges uh, for standing in front of a police car last year. I'm going to that trial at the end of this month. And I don't know if I'm going to even um, – I, I don't know if I can stay out of jail before the trial. I, I really don't with this new uh, diktat that has been handed down. By the way, it's an unsigned order. Yeah. Just as just a point of clarification. Now, I know it's government paper. It doesn't really mean anything. Whatever. They can do whatever they want. It doesn't matter if they cross all their T's and dot all their I's. But it's just weird, isn't it? I mean they took all this time to write out an, a four-page – excuse me, three-page order – and no one signed it. Excuse me, it's a two-page order with a, another page attached to it. See, it was written first by the guy who's in charge of the district courts in New Hampshire. And then the, whoever the lady is that's in charge of the superior courts, she basically took the order and wrote her own order on top of it saying, we adopt this order. So this, yeah, that's fine by us. Right. So but this, neither one of them signed it? Neither one. Neither Tina Nadeau, the Chief Justice of the New Hampshire Superior Court, or Edwin Kelly, the Administrative Judge of the New Hampshire Circuit Court, doesn't that make it invalid? It would seem to make it invalid. However, uh, yeah, right, but but that won't stop them from arresting you while you try to, uh, you know, not obey it. And there's no way to challenge contempt of court. So basically, this order says that you shall not do these things. You shall not bring an audio or camera, audio recording device or camera into this courthouse or anywhere on the premises. Anyway, so technically, it sounds like they're banning it from the parking lot and out front. So you shall not do these things, and this will be enforced by contempt of court powers. So there's no law here. The legislature hasn't passed any kind of you shall not do this law or statute. This is just simply the man in the robe saying, I decree it. And because I decree it, if you violate it, you'll go to jail for contempt of court. And contempt of court, for those of you that don't know, is a mystical power that all courts, uh, all courts have, 
the judges in those courts have this contempt of court power where they wave their little finger and they point it at you and they say contempt of court and then men with uh, you know arrest that man and then men with guns and uh, blazers will come and where they they were blazers here I guess down in Florida they they look like sheriffs but uh, they they will come they will take you last time I saw them in, in Florida they were wearing green blazers really really hideous sheriff colored blazers. So uh, so they will then take you and put you in a cage, and the man in the robe will determine for how long you will stay in that cage. I mean, you'd have to get a pension to wear a blazer this color. That's, that's it. There, there's no appealing a contempt of court charge. There's no anything for contempt of court. All you get on contempt of court is a, what they call the right of allocution. That's where they let you say your piece before you go into the cage. You, the judge will call you in front of him, and you can then, uh, you know, beg, beg. for mercy. Yeah. Uh, you can then ex- try to explain yourself, and uh, the man in the robe will then take all that under account, which of course means he'll ignore you and, uh, you know, make his decision. And then you'll go into a cage for an arbitrary number of days. It could be unlimited, by the way. Yeah. Our friend Jim Johnson was arrested last week for not filling out a form. And I called the Judicial Commission about this uh, today, the resting, putting a man in a cage for not filling out a financial affidavit in court. And I said, well, isn't this a clear violation of you know, the Fifth Amendment, you know, the right against self-incrimination, the idea that you can't be forced to testify against yourself? Wait, did one of our judges say it? To say what? We'll say that he, that, that, uh, he was in contempt of court? Yes. Then it's not a violation. Well, he, he did end up sending me a packet of, uh, of you know, crap I can fill out. Sure, and, you, you can know. waste your time, citizen. I'm sure that's all it'll end up being, but I don't know what else to do, Mark. I guess I know. there's some kind of... Uh, I know, man. There's some kind of commission, I guess, that's been formed up here with so-called reps. Maybe they'll be able to do something, but I doubt it. I, I just don't believe there's anything that can be done. I was reading this... Uh, there's this lengthy piece that somebody posted from the New Hampshire Bar Association like pages and pages long, looking at contempt of court in New Hampshire and looking at this power and talking about the difference between indirect contempt and direct contempt or civil contempt versus criminal contempt and talking about all these things and how they've developed over the years and citing different court cases and such. And there was a proposal at one point, I guess, by the legislature to kind of neuter one of these contempt charges, make it so they couldn't do anything longer than like 14 days and a certain number of fine for contempt of court charge. And the Supreme Court's opinion on this was that, well, if this legislation were to go through, we may find it unconstitutional. So the idea being that there's supposed to be separation of powers in this government, and so therefore if the legislation attempts to do anything to rein in the power of the, the, the judicial branch, the judicial branch is going to be like, unconstitutional. You, can, you can't touch our contempt of court. Right, this so, is the longest-running power in, you know, known to the Western world as far as the governmental system is concerned. Well, that's not true. Uh, West, uh, sentencing was uh, a bigger power than contempt of court and longer-running. Um, so the, but the legislature has reigned in sentencing all along. I mean, mm-hmm. the legislatures across the United States give sentencing guidelines that judges cannot deviate from. Well, then that's different then, Mark, because well, the legislature— It's different because the, the guys in Moomoo's say so. No, no, no. The difference is the— legislature can prescribe what's criminal or not the the legislature can create laws that then the judicial system is is looking at as far as you know what is illegal etc but they cannot say anything about contempt of court it's it's just considered an inherent power as part of a judiciary this is just something that they believe they have and they believe there's nothing that can they, they believe there's nothing that can stop them from it so well, it's, what it was the most depressing thing is you could con- be in contempt of court by being outside of the court that's right I mean, this is you know, this. It's just crazy. The judge gives some kind of uh, ruling, and you don't follow the ruling, and you're in contempt of court. So uh, here's what 
here's what their excuse is for this, because it used to be in the old court, the old ruling that they had up in the, the wall of the district court was that you couldn't have cameras in the lobby. And we made a big stink about that, and it's still there. That thing's still posted. That hasn't been taken down or anything like that. But the cameras st- are still in the lobby. Is this generally. posted, or did they hand this to you? This is posted. Okay. Uh, but they gave us a copy of it. And it, well, but Mark, in district court in the lobby, they've been kind of off and on with their enforcement, mostly off recently until just recently when they arrested a young man with a uh, video camera. So because what they could if you brought um, a dozen people with cameras right into this bail bailiff screening area? They would have a real problem with that. Yeah, they would. But I mean, would they do what anything could they do about it? Do about it? I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they would arrest you later. What do you mean, rest? Uh, like, get your well. They've been known to do your that. Name is well. They know who I am. They they think they know who you are. Do they, they have your ID? They they absolutely know who I am, Mark. I've been in their system. They're just trying to identify you. I mean, that that's just an attempt. Prove it was me. Okay. Well, I see where you're coming from, but if it's a contempt of court, they won't have to prove anything. They could probably just come and come and arrest you and put I'm you in I'm not saying cave. you should do it, but I mean, you can't get some people to just walk into the bailiff area. Well, what with I hear is that's going to happen for one minute. Pan around and I've walk heard out. That's, I've heard that may be happening. I, I've heard there are people that are working on putting that together. But uh, allow me to explain uh, what their rationale is for this. In recent months, certain members of the public, free staters, have caused disruptions of the court's ability to conduct business in Keene. Is that what they do in the court? It's business. They conduct business? That's right. It's a funny business. 1-800-259-9231. So we'll share with you here exactly what their grievances are that they have with the certain members of the public. See, because certain members of the public have done something the court doesn't like, they're banning all media from the courthouse. That makes sense, right? No. 1-800. Well, you can beg. You can beg for permission, according to them here in a moment. We'll give you the details on exactly this. So what's going on with this media crackdown in New Hampshire? It's Free Talk Live. Bring up any. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you would like to help support Free Talk Live, you may shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping taken care of. Get whatever it is that you're looking to buy because they likely sell it at Amazon. You know them, the world's largest internet retailer, superstore online, dozens of categories, free super saver shipping on a whole lot of their brand new items. You can even buy used items as well. But what you want to do is go to shop.freetalklive.com and then click into the appropriate Amazon link for your country. And at that point, Free Talk Live will get a portion of the sale. So it's that simple. You just go to shop.freetalklive.com and get your shopping taken care of. We're talking about court corruption, and boy, uh, do we have it in spades up here. Uh, It's all over the place, though. Just spend some time in court. That's all you need to do is is be an activist around a court, and you'll start to get a feeling for exactly what's going on. In fact, in many places, you can't even bring a video camera in. So we've we've made right, some they don't progress. Want, they don't want the light of day shown in their courtrooms. Exactly. Well, it looks like you have made some progress, but look at this. I mean, this, this is, is a, a huge kickback. Yeah. Uh, and and look, this is not going to be a cakewalk. I mean, this is the the this is a project, the Free State Project, to change things. 
to where we can actually have some semblance of liberty in our lifetime. These people in the system do not want change. They like things the way they are. They like the status quo. The status quo benefits them. They get sweet pensions and great benefits package and huge pay out of the status quo. And power. That they do. And the power. And they love the power. You should have seen these bailiffs today just relishing. Yeah. They, it was their wet dream today was being able to stop every single one of the activists that came in from bringing any kind of recording device into this courtroom. Because we were, we were caught by surprise. By the time we'd actually already emptied our pockets into their little containers that they have to search through everything that you've got before they let you into the court, it was around then when they decided to let us know about the, uh, you know, the new rule. So none of us were rolling video while we walked in. We figured it was going to be another routine day where you go through security and you you go in and you record whatever you want to record. But now they're saying that the cameras are banned throughout the entire courthouse facility. And it sounds like they mean outdoors. Let me share with you this, uh, this ludicrous order, which is completely unsigned, by allegedly by the guy who's in charge of the, uh, the district courts in, in New Hampshire. So, in recent months, certain members of the public have caused disruptions of the court's ability to conduct business in Keene. In addition to their refusal to abide by court rules related to the conduct of trials and conduct in the courtroom in general, I think that means uh, recently there was a group of folks that laughed during uh, one court trial. Were you there for that one, Mark? Where everyone was kicked out of court? I think so. Yes. Yes, I was. The video's up at freekeen.com. Anyway. But that was uh, a different court. No, this is just, this is look. Don't be confused. This is a district court judge issuing the administrative judge for the district courts issuing a two-page order that then the administrative person for the superior court picked up and said, "Yeah, we'll take that too." Okay, so, so it's both courtrooms. So this applies to every courtroom in in Keene, New Hampshire. Huh? Only Keene, not the rest of the state. Just Keene. Gotcha. And it has to do with what's what's been happening specifically at at district court. So. Going on here, these in general, these members of the public have also congregated in the court's lobby for extended periods of time. Now, this is this is interesting, right? Like the idea that the public is not welcome in the court. Like this, the suggestion here is the court is open for all to see so that everyone can know about the fair and judicious acts of the court. But they don't mean that. I'd be curious, like what if somebody who doesn't go to the court often and like would just went to a random trial with a video camera and had nothing to do with appearingly to do with free staters if mm-hmm. they would attack them or if they would leave them alone because it wasn't a, a free keen thing a good question you know like what if i wore a suit and i went into a totally random trial without asking permission with a video camera would they- i don't know it would be interesting to see how they would handle just an average person as opposed to say wmur or some official right. mainstream media organization but this seems to be targeted at Free keeners, you know what I mean, Clearly. and the people who they see regularly in the courthouse. So I'm just curious if somebody just went in for something that had nothing to do with, you know, just went in with a video camera, didn't know this new rule or mm-hmm. whatever. If they would, if they would harass them or if they would let it go because it wasn't, it wasn't one of the knowns, fi- exactly, one of the people that they could eyeball. Good question. You want to give that a try? You're certainly welcome <laughs> to uh, to do so, or anybody is. So uh, let me continue here. Uh, so they've congregated in the court's lobby for extended periods of time, making it difficult for other members of the public to conduct business with the court. Now, of course, recently after they arrested, uh, I think it was when they arrested Bo, because they've been, made several arrests for the last two weeks here. Uh, but when they arrested Bo for wearing the hat, people left the courtroom. Uh, they were ordered out. And then 
when I finally left, because I did not leave when everyone was ordered, and neither did Jason Talley from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund, because we were there to record a, a so-called public hearing. We stood our ground and were allowed to remain, which if everyone else had stood their ground too, I doubt they would have been forced out as well, because the judge only asked them to leave. Now, of course, the bailiffs treated that as an order, but I, I, made, it, I made it clear to say out loud, hey, he's just asking you to leave. Of course, everybody left anyway, because nobody wants to get arrested, and I don't blame them for that. Uh, and uh, anyway, when I left that room, there was a bunch of people out in the court lobby, and there's video of this. You were there for that, Mark, because yep. I remember you were critiquing uh, what some folks were saying outside. So that was a fairly lengthy, uh, you know, group. there was a lengthy stay in the lobby there where people were talking to the police. The, like, Keen police showed up. They were called in by the bailiffs, and they backed down. They didn't do anything. They just stood there and talked to us for a while, and then they went away. So they didn't make any arrests. They probably would have if it was a smaller group. But uh, there was a good amount of people, probably about 10, 15 people out in the lobby that day, and everybody was engaged in conversation. And it was a little noisy in there, no doubt about that. But Keene police didn't see any reason to uh, to make any arrests that day. And, you know, they, there's no reason why they, they wouldn't if they wanted to. They didn't. And so this is what they're referring to, just people, like, being in a public court lobby and, like, having a conversation and recording interviews with people that have been convicted and things like that. So, no, you can't be doing that. Uh, and creating conditions and disturbances would have Instructed court staff from performing their duties in an orderly way. You know, when um, when government agencies make it so that redress of people's grievances is impossible, they set the stage for rebellions. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that I recommend these things. I'm just saying that this is what happens historically as governments clamp down and make it so that people have fewer options on ways to handle things. They, you know, they, they'll, they will resort to the last option. So, presiding judge, uh, let's see. Oh, additionally, these members of the public have on occasion accosted the presiding judge as he enters and leaves the building in which the court is housed. Now, first of all, let's look at the definition of accosted. Because that word sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. To accost. Definition number one from dictionary.com. To confront boldly. So, okay, you know, that's it doesn't sound as bad once you read the definition. But number two, to approach, especially with a greeting, question, or remark. Mark, how are you? That's a cost. You've been accosted. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So anyway, just to kind of uh, give you that definition there as we continue here. So uh, so every time I'm in the court lobby or every time I'm downstairs, because court here is on the second floor, and I I go on the first floor to hand out stuff to people that are going to court on Monday mornings. Every time I'm there, the man in the robe is not wearing a robe. He's just Ed Burke at that time. He walks in and he goes to work. And I always say something like, morning, Ed. And he always says something like, good morning. And he goes on his way. Is that an accosting? It of, is, uh, according to the birth? definition. Right. Now, uh, last week, a demo went, and he actually spent a little more time with Ed as he was walking in. A demo was also in the first floor waiting for Burke to arrive, and he had some questions about why Burke had a man with a hat sent to jail for five days. So demo has got his video camera. He starts asking Burke these questions, follows him up the stairwell, recording the entire time. And then Burke tells the men with the, the guns to arrest Adamo because he's been threatened. He claims he was threatened by Adamo. Now, Adamo's got video footage from the moment Burke walks in the door all the way up to his, uh, to his, accost- to his uh, arrest. Right. And then now, uh, you know, and we someone, just got the footage back today. Anyone can interpret a threat any way they want, but this is why video is so thoroughly important so that a third party can look at it. Because if a judge says that a guy with tattoos threatened him, 
The guy with tattoos threatened him is going to prison for a felony, okay? So, but if there's video and the threat wasn't a threat by anyone else's definition, then you've got an entirely different case. Here's the video footage. Judge Burke, can I ask you a few questions about a hat and how that constitutes contempt? Do you think people want to pay for someone to be in jail for five days for wearing a hat? It's kind of ridiculous to waste taxpayer money on something like that, isn't it? Sir, I just want to have a conversation. Dallas, Dallas, this person is threatening me about a decision that I just made. I'm not threatening you. I'm asking him questions. Did I threaten you? He's threatening as a criminal offense. What was my threat? Come on, sir, you're in custody. What was my threat? You come in custody, sir. Man, this is crazy. That video is now up at freekeen.com if you'd like to see it for yourself. Go ahead, review the audio a few times. See if you can find the threat in the questions that he asked. I would have been scared. If you were Judge Burke? Yeah. <laughs> would you? Yeah. He wasn't even yelling. I mean, like, he was. He it, was very calm, very as polite. calm as he could be. He even called him sir. Asked him some questions. That's. That's very... a felony charge. He's facing a felony with several years in prison for that. It was a $5,000 bail. There's more coming up. Hour two's on the way. Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line 1 800 259 9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian and Julia and Mark. We're talking about a crackdown that is happening here uh, in New Hampshire where we're actually broadcasting from in Keene. The, the crackdown is specific to Keene. There are some administrative court judges, people that are in charge of the superior district courts in New Hampshire that have come out with an order that specifically applies to Keene courthouses, essentially banning the media. Because for a long time, we've been recording all kinds of trials, and that's been great because in a lot of places you can't record trials. They're going to claim they're still allowing recording, but they're demanding that you give them 48 hours notice. They're demanding that you fill out their court form, and we'll get into what their, what their demands are here in a little bit. But they're saying just right out the gate, no one is allowed to have recording devices in the, in the court. No one is allowed to have recording devices on the premises. And we'll give you some more detail here, but it stems from the activism. This is what has happened as a result of all of the activism and all the support that people have in courts up here. They don't like it when people come in and support their friends. They don't like it when right. people they stay seated. They basically said that. 
They've yeah. said that you know these these people are coming here and standing around in public places. Right. I mean, members of the public coming to our courtroom, watching what's going on. The claim is they're getting in the way, and they're getting in the way of the public, and they're getting in the way of the bureaucrats, which is nonsense. No one's ever been blocked from getting to a window, or no one's ever been blocked from point, going from point A to point B. So it's just all a bunch of poppycock. They're also claiming they're intimidated. I haven't even gotten to that part yet. But uh, they, they're saying that that let me see, let me pull up this. Uh, article here. You can actually get the PDF. I scanned this in today. It's over at freekeen.com. You can see it for yourself. Uh, but it claims here that additionally, these members of the public have on occasion accosted the presiding judge as he enters and leaves the building in which the court is housed, creating an atmosphere of hostility and intimidation and a legitimate fear for the safety and well-being of the judicial and the non-judicial staff at this Isn't court. Isn't that exactly what the judge does? Their whole system is about intimidation. Yeah. <laughs> right. Everything they're saying is applicable to them, uh, especially in this last portion with the, the fear and the intimidation, intimidation and fear was yeah. what I was thinking of creating yeah. a hostile environment. Well, I, I, you know, I don't think I've ever tried to intimidate any bailiffs. Um, I mean, maybe today the one I dealt with a little bit. But, um, you know, generally what I feel like is intimidated yeah. when I'm dealing with them. Well, you could write your own order, Mark, and I'm sure that would really go over well. Yeah, I had some staff. some bailiff today, uh, you know hassling me about having gone through the scanner or whatever i don't know so i'm going to play this audio again for those of you just tuning in this is what got a friend of the show a demo he's been on a number of times in the past from libertyontour.com this is what got him arrested over a week ago for felony count what they call improper influence now before i play the audio if you actually go and you look up the, the text of the improper influence law the text of the law, you can tell, the reason it was written is to stop people from bribing judges and threatening them. That's the idea. The idea was that if you were to, for instance, your friend is on trial and you were to go to a judge and say, look, buddy, if you don't get my friend off of this charge, I'm going to kill your dog. That would, be improper, uh. that would be considered improper influence. You're threatening him, right? So the other thing you can't do is go, look, judge. I've got $1,000 here. How about you take this, let my friend off, and we'll call it a day. That would be a bribe, and that would be an improper influence. Or you could say, I've got a nice trip to the Bahamas, judge. How would you like that? That's a bribe, too. Okay, so the idea behind the improper influence statute is that it's supposed to be serious, which is why it's a felony, for you to bribe, attempt to bribe a judge or attempt to threaten a judge. Makes sense. That, makes, that rule makes sense. Right. If you want, your, sure. if you want your judges to be impartial and not be influenced by these outside uh, factors, they just they're supposed to just look at the case. But now let me play this audio for you and tell me. Listen carefully to a demo. It's less than a minute long here. Tell me if you hear him threaten or attempt to bribe Judge Burke. Here he comes as uh, Burke's going to work. Judge Burke, can I ask you a few questions about a hat and how that constitutes contempt? Remember, this is after uh, – this is like a couple days after a man was arrested in Burke's court for wearing a hat. And that, that guy was sentenced, by the way. He was sentenced to five days. That case was closed. And Burke even admits upstairs that he's threatening me over something I've – a case I've already decided. So anyway, continuing. Even if it hadn't been closed, it wouldn't matter to me, I don't think, because this isn't a threat and it's not uh, a bribe. But decide for yourself. You think people want to pay for someone to be in jail for five days for wearing a hat? It's kind of ridiculous to waste taxpayer money on something like that, isn't it? Sir, 
just wanted a conversation. Bailiff, bailiff, this person is threatening me about a decision that I just made. I'm not threatening you. I have, I'm asking him questions. Did I threaten you? It's a criminal offense. What was my threat? Come on, sir, you're in custody. What was my threat? You come in custody, sir. Man, this is crazy. That's it. Camera cuts off at that point. You know. Where was the threat? First they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they they fight you. You you know, and I mean, this is is what you're dealing with, man. I just want to say, did you all hear a threat in there or any kind of attempt to bribe or influence the judge? No, there's no threat. He might have been a little nicer if you would have offered a bribe. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. Speculation. I don't know. You know, I mean, what was, well, I, this, I, this is a bad charge. Surely there's a charge for talking to a judge about a decision he's made. I don't know. You should be able to talk to a judge in, in public. You should be able to, I mean, again, you're not trying to influence the case. The case is closed. The sentence has been imposed. The guy had already served his sentence. Look, uh, it's a bad charge. Right. It's a bad charge. And they're probably going to drop it because if they don't drop it, that means that Burt gets to be called as a witness on the stand. Do you think they want that to happen? No, they don't. Because he's the primary witness in this case. And so what they did this morning was uh, they actually, Adamo had one of the other activists here in the area, uh, Repture. He had him attempt to serve Burke. So, again, they didn't, waited. But didn't Burke, like, dodge him or something? No, no. The video footage is out. It is coming soon. It will be out at uh, freekeen.com, so watch for that. But uh, So they had one guy with a video camera. They had the guy that was trying to, uh, to serve Burke, or maybe they were both the same. But anyway, the guy trying to serve, there was a camera there, so all of this was, uh, was videoed. And the idea is they want to subpoena Burke to what they call the uh, probable cause hearing. Because when you've got a felony charge in New Hampshire, they have this hearing before the trial where they decide whether or not to move forward with the charges. Where the state kind of presents its side, and then the other person presents their side, and then you know, the, the man in the robe always decides to go forward with it. But uh, you know, that's what they're going to do. They're going to go in front of a different judge, and they're going to have this probable cause hearing. So it turns out, I guess a demo talked to some lawyerly types, and they say that you can actually call witnesses at these probable cause hearings. So he's attempting to subpoena Burke to appear at this probable cause hearing. So As he, he should. Right. And the way you're supposed to subpoena somebody is you get the, this official subpoena, this piece of paper, and you go down and you tell them, you know, you've been served, basically, and you hold it out to them. They're supposed to take it, especially somebody like a judge who, who knows yeah. what a subpoena is. So this is a judge dodging a legal document. That's correct. <laughs> this and, guy must facepalm every morning when he goes to work and just say, you know, why, why don't I live in random why is, town, why was Ohio? It my town yeah. these people came to? <laughs> Well, you know, he could just do the right thing. What? If, no, he, he could. He, just he could not the right do the right thing. thing by you. There's no way for him to do it. If he could just do the right thing, he'd be left alone. There's no way that he could do the right thing. All by he you. has to do is dismiss every every nonviolent case. Yeah, every piece. And how person. long do you think he's going to stay in his position? That's right. They probably that. fire him for it. Yeah. So what he could do is there are different ways of dealing with these activists. There's no doubt. But you guys push the limits. Uh, you know, I mean, that's that that's the end of the story. The limits get pushed. So he refused the he refused the uh, subpoena this morning, and so Rapture started reading it off to him because that's something else you can do is just kind of read them what uh, what they're expected to do, and he just keeps going. He goes up the you know goes up the stairs and uh, and goes to work. So that how come Rapture didn't get arrested for threatening him? Rapture's big. I think that's a factor. Uh, you know, he's a he's a, a relatively large guy. He's not fat, but he's, no. he's built. Yes, he and, is. And uh, so I think that's the reason why Rapture wasn't arrested last week. But little Derek, who's about my size, was. They were both using the same camera in the same court lobby. They threatened Rapture. 
but they did not arrest Rapture. Whereas when Derek Rapture was up there for several for a few minutes, interacting with these bailiffs and, and kind of ret- retorting on their threats, and then he goes downstairs, hands the camera off to Derek, who's half of his size, just a skinny little guy. Derek goes up to the same court lobby and is arrested within thirty seconds. Boom. So these big bullies—they're just picking on people that they know they can pick on. That's all they are. I don't see why it, the size really makes a difference. I mean, they should be able to—they're scared they of bigger anyone. people. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Anything. The number for you is 1 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 800 259 9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free and we invite you to enjoy them. And if you like the show, you can voluntarily support us. You can become an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for advertise, market, and promote. And the idea is simple. You send in three bucks a month. We take that in, reinvest it into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations around the country and bring more Internet listeners on board from around the world. So go to amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only uh, AMP forum, as well as podcast, etc. amp.freetalklive.com. Sign up with any major credit card through PayPal or use uh, some alternative options like Visa or MasterCard right on our website. Once again, amp.freetalklive.com. Are you tired of watching the value of the dollar plummet? Are you tired of banks charging you fees? Do you want to take back control of your own money? Take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency, and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world, and their value has been trending upward with time. They're, they're down a little bit today from, from yesterday. They're 1289 today, but you can learn more about Bitcoins by going to weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. All right, so a little bit more here about what's happening up here in Keene, New Hampshire, with the crackdown on media as they're using the excuse of people being active, the, the excuse of people coming to court, people coming and supporting the people that, uh, that, that, they, that they appreciate, their friends and their family members, and, and coming out to show support. They don't like that. They don't like the people aren't standing for the judge. They don't like the people don't respect the court because the court doesn't deserve respect. They hurt peaceful people. If they actually just dealt with violent criminals, I'd, res- I'd res- have much more respect for what they do. But they, on a regular basis, fleece people who have never harmed another human being. They try to get as much cash from people as they as they possibly can. You know, I was and just they put people in, in cages. I was in court today. I was going there to su- support one of our co-hosts, Michelle Seven, who's uh, there driving on a I don't know driving without some of their paperwork or or something like that. And she, this is her kind of activism. She's really into this driving without their paperwork thing. Um, you know, I I don't think this is the the, the best place to activism, but I do support 
some of the people that do it. So I wanted to see what was going on. We got to see some other cases go ahead of us. And there was this gal who went up there who apparently had some altercation with um, some other woman and uh, threatened her in some way. The court, uh, she pled guilty to disorderly conduct, which Mm. why couldn't they just have some charge for threatening somebody? Why do you need this catch-all charge like disorderly conduct? They do have criminal threatening charges. Something like that. So anyway, the gal, uh, she... They, they give her a $150 fine, but the court gets the $150 fine. Not the victim. The woman who got threatened gets nothing. The it's court just it's gets, like the greatest scam ever. It really is. I don't like how you've talked to her. Give me $150. It's, a, it's truly genius. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Yep. I wonder if any of them realize that. You know what I mean? Do they, are they conscious of that? How many of them are conscious of that? That they're running a scam, you mean? Right. That's a good question. I asked one of the bureaucrats the other day if he felt like a gangster down in uh, down in Massachusetts just because no, of the he way wear, they behave. No, he doesn't dress like a gangster, so he's not a gangster. Let's continue with you and your thoughts. Let's talk to Joshua listening in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. That is a good question, Julia. Joshua, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey there. How are we doing this evening, What's folks? on your mind tonight, Joshua? Uh, not a whole – actually, I spoke to you guys uh, actually about John Kurtz. Uh, court situation. I'll give you guys some of the details on that. I just had a couple more interesting facts I just discovered I want to throw out to you real quick. For those that don't know, John Kurtz is a heroic liberty activist down in Orlando who has kind of been leading a civil disobedience movement down there uh, and of course, you know, typically people that are more visible in these liberty movements are targeted for retaliation. And in the case of John, well, also, you know, if you if you get into civil disobedience, you want to do it more often. Uh, and in his case, he probably was doing something he didn't consider civilly, civil disobedient, uh, but it is these days. Recording the police in a public place, you think that would be supposed to be legal. It's supposed to be like freedom of the press, but it's apparently civil disobedience when you do these things because the cops will arrest you for it. And uh, John was arrested for recording a cop and was recently found. Uh, guilty not of the felony charge of assault on a police officer that they attempted to pin on him luckily because was, he didn't right luckily there was video to uh, exonerate him on that particular charge but uh what the conviction was uh what was the disorderly conduct or it was uh resisting resisting arrest yeah, re- right. resistance without violence and Correct. he went to jail for 30 he's in jail now for 30 days going to get a year's probation and then on top of that he can't come near a police officer he can't come within 100 feet of any police officer it's crazy go ahead with the thought your thoughts uh, yeah, actually, you know, someone else brought it to my attention, but I did some research, and it turns out in March of 2005, the the actual judge, Alan Apt, as well as the the mayor of Orlando, Buddy Dyer, the guy who's responsible for this feeding, this homeless feeding ordinance, uh, they were indicted for election fraud in 2005. There was this big fiasco, these same two gentlemen, and uh, before before everything was settled with that, our lovely judge here, Judge Belvin Perry, who is also responsible for the all the uh, you know, the cracking down on any First Amendment activity at the courthouse property or all the Fiji stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually was getting an administrative order ready to go ahead and put Judge Apt back in his seat, uh, back in his seat before everything was settled up. And uh, I, I was researching as well. While this whole fiasco was going on, Judge Apt maintained a salary of $134,650 a year is his annual salary as a judge. Sweet. And how long did he get to take off and get paid? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it appears maybe he just got a month off. I mean, nice. but, uh, you know, so. Well, good. the court's it's, backed was, up. they got to have their judges in the seats here. Man. It's, it's, good, it's good to be in the gang. You know, nice paid yeah, vacation. Yeah, it, uh, it was a very, very interesting uh, read. So and he was, also, so he was indicted for election fraud, but uh, he's still a judge. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. 
Who it's knows? Hey, for, when you have friends in high places and you're a judge and you wear the black dress and you're God, you can do you can do a lot of things. Well, so, uh, well stated, sir. What I, else did you want to share? I wanted to point out, I forgot to mention this last time when I was talking to you, actually, whenever they were doing the jury selection process, I can't remember if I, if I included this, but uh, one of the questions that the prosecution asked was, if it's illegal to wear orange uh, and somebody is caught on video wearing orange, will you convict them for breaking the law? And most of the people there were like, oh, well, yes, we would. The law is the law. That's the type of questions that they asked. They've been, they've been caught asking the question of it's, if it's illegal to eat a ham sandwich and someone's convicted for eating a ham sandwich. And we have evidence that proves indefinitely that they were eating a ham wow. sandwich. Will you convict them? So they, they want to so get the most obedient, pathetic serfs on these juries to guarantee convictions. That's what they want. Yeah. yeah. It's disgusting. Absolutely. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. I appreciate you uh, in illuminating uh, those points. 1-800-259-9231. Try to educate them about uh, jur- you know, jury nullification after the fact, after they've already picked an obedient, pathetic jury. Try your best to in- you know, in- inculcate them with the ideas of jury nullification if you're allowed to bring those up in court, which in most places you aren't. In New Hampshire, I have seen it happen, so I know it's possible up here. But in most places around the country... You utter the words jury nullification, and it's a, it's a mistrial, maybe even a contempt of court charge. Yeah. So things may be bad here, but they're a lot worse in a lot of other places. Like out in California, you, you don't even have a hope of bringing a camera into a court there. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Courtroom crackdown continues. We'll give you more details on that, but we'll also take your calls coming up here about whatever's on your mind. You can take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. Maybe you've missed a moment of the show. You can see them, uh, or hear them, rather. You can see them on our website, but you'll have to listen because there's not really anything to watch. It's an audio file. Go to freetalklive.com and download as many archives as you like, going all the way back to late 2006. Uh, all of it is free for you at freetalklive.com. And don't forget, if you uh, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, there are different ways for you to do that. We'll tell you more about that here in a little bit. 800-259-9231. Uh, continuing back here with your phone calls, we'll continue talking about court corruption also here in a little bit. And some news about meth labs. Uh, and I guess apparently they're not being cleaned up anymore. We'll explain why. But first, we go to Michael in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live, Michael. Michael. Meth labs. That sounds really interesting. <laughs> well. um, I, I just had two quick points. Um, I was listening to your podcast yesterday uh, to the Bradley Jardis call. Yeah, Brad Jardis, um, former law enforcement officer, now arrested uh, at the border uh, for being Brad Jardis and not being 
particularly cooperative with answering every single question that they asked. Yeah, and one of the things that he, one of the quotes that I was driving home listening to the podcast, and one of the quotes that he had um, really struck me, um, where he said basically the Free State Project came to me. Um, Mm -hmm. And while the Free State Project, being that I live in Wisconsin, hasn't necessarily gotten to Wisconsin yet, um, I, I had a similar revelation as a community college teacher um, where, you know, one, in any sort of uh, university academic setting, chances are you're not going to be a principal libertarian to begin with. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, chances they're, are... They're out there. Not, I mean... They're, they're out there. They're out there. But it's really hard to find one. I think I only ever knew one. Yeah, um, he's right. Chances uh, are you won't be. Chances are. Yeah, and um, but I was, and one of the things that um, you know I taught a a class in argument based research, and one of the one of the segments that I would start my class out with as a way to get students thinking about issues that they could argue for our papers. I had a, a segment of the class, like the first five to ten minutes, called um, "News That Pisses Mike Off," <laughs> and I would cover various aspects of the police state and just kind of things that Republicans and Democrats would hopefully find to be pretty upsetting. Um, but as I was doing this, you know, like I was reading more about libertarian philosophy and just, I would say, uh, you know, I taught two years at a state university in, Col- in Florida, U.S., and then two years at the community college. And about halfway through um, my North Carolina tenure, I really just started going like, how can you sit there and, and um, kind of you know, rail against the state while taking a paycheck from them. Mm. Oh, um, this always happens. <laughs> it's the yeah. unfortunate, it's the, it seems to be the unfortunate result of uh, people finding out, you know, more and more the message of liberty. And Well, I don't know if it's unfortunate, man. I mean, I wouldn't want to take blood money if I could avoid it. Yeah, and, you know, like I was, you know, railing about the wars and all this other kind of stuff and the surveillance state and just the education system as well while I'm getting a paycheck from them. And so I basically quit my job and then went to work for a software company. Well, um, and on the other hand, though, I don't blame anybody for for doing it. I don't think there's no. anything particularly morally wrong with it. I mean, Adam Kokesh does take money from – he's the guy that's on TV, Adam versus the man on RT. He takes money from RT, which is government-funded by the, the Russian government. The fact that he government. takes it doesn't make it moral or immoral. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, you know what, what is moral and what is immoral? And I guess that the, the situation is, is the, the government tends to have a monopoly in many areas. In the area of uh, professorships, that's not – so you could uh, you could go to a private university, but although almost they, all of them take government almost money. all of them take some kind of government money, um, which leaves Hillsdale College. And some people would or would not want to work at Hillsdale College. And I'm sure <laughs> that they only have a certain amount of, uh, yeah. of professorships. And at that point, you're still talking about a monopoly, um, basically a monopoly. If, if you consider that uh, private universities that take government funding are essentially government universities, then you're talking about a monopoly. And then you're you're, you're in a situation where Somebody has to teach the young college minds of America. Wouldn't we prefer that person be a libertarian? Indeed. And I would prefer yeah. that. However... Did you wrestle with this, Mike? Um, yeah. Of, of course, you know, I've even had people go like, well, you know, being an activist and being so principled, why don't you get into politics and all this kind of stuff? And it's like, no, you can't. Like, I just can't do it. Like, it's one of those things where now, like, it just makes me feel dirty. Mm. I just feel dirty. 
Yeah, um, and I've I've heard that this is this happens to many activists too. Is they'll you know they'll find out the political process is just yucky. They'll call it immoral, and none of them seem to have a good point uh, to be able to call it immoral. Julia and, found this out personally. She ran for political office a few years ago, and it was a pretty distasteful experience. Yes, I would not repeat it. Which is yeah, too bad, and, and that's and that's why, like especially like you know, we had all these kind of Madison, Wisconsin protests that took place recently. Mm-hmm. Like I can see both sides, like. Um, I don't agree with publicly funded unions because it's basically instead of asking for a gun, they want a cannon. Um, so I, I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't agree with the teachers in that regard. But I also understand the teachers get shafted quite a bit, and they've oh, yeah. done a lot of work. Yep. And and so like, I can empathize with them that like I do find them to be a valuable resource, but they're also asking for bigger guns than calling it moral. Yep. Um, but then again, you know, Walker was caught in bringing the Cox brothers and like all this kind, you know, agents for tours, like considering those plans. And, you know, all these backroom deals, and that's not really saving Wisconsin any money. And so, like, I don't like him either. Um, and so there's, it, uh, that's kind of, like, my perspective and how, like, my past just kind of touched a little close to home, especially here in Madison, because I find myself at odds with a lot of my friends, mm. um, you know, because they're all very pro-union and pro-teacher. And I'm just like, well, look, these are – you're basically pointing guns at people. Um, and it's just kind of frustrating um, sure, they don't want to see point. that. They don't want to. They don't no, want to admit to that. They don't want to see that as uh, as being the truth because that would that would make it an icky thing for them to do. I mean, they wouldn't want to be involved with that violence. Most people wouldn't, so they must deny it. Yeah, yeah, and that, so that, it's just kind of especially that's why I'm moving just to New Hampshire and just saying uh, screw Wisconsin. Good for you. Um, when are you making the move? I, I I would like to be there by the time uh, it's 50 degrees in Wisconsin. Uh, next year in 2012, right, so cool. by October. Um, and one more quick point, yes, you know, with all this Casey Anthony thing going on today, everybody's all in a huff about, um, you know, one baby dying, which is a tragedy. However, um, we should also always take into consideration the hundreds of thousands of babies that are foreign policy murders every year and what is really the larger tragedy. And that's Well, it's not my, my foreign policy. Today. It's the government's. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. My foreign policy is trade with whoever you want to trade with. That's my foreign policy. Leave people alone. Don't hurt other people. That's my policy. But the government's policy is a violent one. And yeah, that's causing a lot of problems. 1-800-259-9231. Let's continue. Brian is in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Hi, Brian. Don. Hey, Brian. What's on your mind? Hey, I, I wanted to. Uh, I was uh, kind of excited today because I uh, yesterday I participated in my first uh, organized civil disobedience at the uh, Jefferson Memorial. How'd that go? I I I was off yesterday and I haven't heard anything about the uh, the Independence Day festivities. Well, I mean, I uh, I heard Meg yesterday call in and uh, we uh, my wife and I met her and uh, the other uh, the other guys down there and. Uh, it was it was it was a good time. It, you know, uh, it seemed like it was a victory uh, in the end. Yeah, no, nobody was arrested. Uh, they didn't move in and kick anybody out. It was a smaller turnout than the last one, a lot smaller. Uh, and there are probably different reasons for that. Uh, we speculated that the reasons it was a smaller turnout was one. It felt like a victory the last time, I think, to most folks. There were hundreds of people there, and for the most part, they were unmolested until about 20 minutes 
uh, after they started dancing when the the cops did move in to, to, try, to try to clear the memorial. But some of the hardcores, like our own very own Meg McLean, stayed behind and continued dancing even after the police were clearing people out. So they actually did end up winning last time around. It's just the, the, the story of the win wasn't reported uh, very far and wide. So most people didn't come back. And probably another factor was that it was you know Independence Day, so they're probably at home with families and it was probably an inconvenient time. Um, if there's more that you wanted to share from your experience, you're certainly welcome to. Stick with us here. We'll get your thoughts. 800-259-9231. It sounded like it was his first civil disobedience, and that's an exciting thing to do. A little dangerous, but exciting. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. As always, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. Bring up what you want and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Mention some of the ways you can support the show. One of them is by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll get a list of things you can do to get Free Talk Live onto more radio stations, into more ears around the world. Everything from getting a free bumper sticker to uh, having flyers that you can print out, graphics with which you can design your own t-shirts, uh, graphics that you can use on your website, web banners, etc. Uh, go to promote.freetalklive.com and get whatever it is you think is useful. Promote.freetalklive.com. As we continue, Brian is listening in Maryland. Uh, you and I think it was you said your wife, Brian, took a trip down yesterday on Independence, right. Independence Day to uh, the Jefferson Memorial for the fourth edition of the Jefferson Dance Party at jeffersondanceparty.info where people have been uh, for uh, several instances now uh, dancing quietly at the Jefferson Memorial, uh, frequently listening to their own MP3 player as uh, as they dance because, well, there's been a crackdown in the past and uh, the police have said that there shall be no dancing and there shall be no speechifying and there shall be no uh, gatherings of people doing things we don't like, even though this is ostensibly a public place. Uh, and, and so on. So you went down there yesterday to engage in some dancing, as did a number of other activists. Uh, there was some live streamed footage, I think, over at Tally.tv on his Ustream channel. I was watching some of this, and it was relatively uneventful. The cops left you left you guys alone. But what did you want to share from your experience? Uh, well, uh, I'm just like I said, you know, it was a it was a great uh, primer into the uh, world of civil disobedience, and I I learned that uh, you know I've been listening to you guys for a while, and uh, you mentioned a few times that it's a scary thing, you know, and uh, I, 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 did, I guess I didn't really have the appreciation for that until I was there. You know, it's, it's pretty intimidating. But, I saw uh, one of the pictures uh, that uh, one of the activists took of this really intimidating looking police, I guess SUV is not the right word, like armored truck, uh, basically. Yeah, they had, they had, I guess the uh, D.C. renamed their SWAT team to uh, be a little more uh, PC, I guess. What do the, what they call or, their uh, SWAT team there? Uh, something like emergency response team or something. I so see. maybe you know they're going to go help out 
elderly uh, people across this the road. This didn't look like a very helpful like. truck. It uh, looked like a military vehicle, and it was all oh, yeah. black and very intimidating. Not looking to get help by them. Yeah. So, no, t- so were you were you scared? I mean, about this uh, this appearance, this dancing. Well, I don't know. I, I would say scared, but it, you know, certainly intimidating. You know, there was a, a probably a group of I don't know uh, twelve or twelve or fifteen uh, cops that eventually showed up, and they were kind of huddled over on the on the other side of mm-hmm. uh, of the monument from where uh, from where the dancing was going on. But uh, you know, it, it seemed like at a couple points that uh, they were going to come on, come over and uh, do some body slams or something, but uh, they never did. So. So how about adrenaline rush? Did you get a little adrenaline rush out of the, uh, oh, the incident? Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, and, you said uh, you were there with your wife. How How was she feeling about this? Were you dancing together? No, actually, neither of us danced. Oh. Um, that intimidation factor, you know, kind of came in. I see. But uh, we both considered it kind of, you know, a primer. And uh, but uh, Just came you know, to look, and you looked. We were there for support, certainly. Did you have a video and, camera with you, uh, perchance? Yeah, my wife was uh, taking video and uh, still photos. So, as far as I'm uh, as know. far as I'm concerned, that's civil disobedience these days. I mean, I it shouldn't be, but taking video in public near government buildings. I mean, that that might as well be civil disobedience, whether she realized sure. it or not. Is another and question. There was uh, pho- plenty of photographs of the uh, of the cops going on, and I I, I don't know if uh, you, anybody else had mentioned uh, an- another facet of uh, what uh, the uh, the people were doing yesterday, but uh, everybody or most of the people decided to wear black in uh, in uh, in memory regard of, for the of, lost lost freedoms. Yeah, lost so independence. I thought that was a, a great uh, great little facet of it. Very and nice. uh, yesterday, you, you guys mentioned uh, the uh, all the checkpoints that were going on in DC. Was, yeah, uh, Mark, if you, if you didn't hear about this, and our listeners just tuning in certainly didn't. Uh, last night, Meg was telling us that. The worst part about yesterday wasn't anything that happened at the memorial. It was the way there, where they were stopped multiple times at police checkpoints. They were on foot, stopped at police checkpoints in different areas of D.C. as they were going from one point to another. They were uh, searching people's bags, and essentially they're shaking people down. And the excuse was, well, it's the 4th of July weekend, and so there's terrorism, terrorism, terrorism. So, uh, yeah, that was really just a, a real shock to the system, I think, for a lot of people that were out yesterday. I mean, the irony, of course, of being out on Independence Day, uh, I'm sure it was lost on people that don't know what Independence Day is about. But for some of us, uh, there would be a lot of irony and, you know, kind of being out about on uh, Independence Day in the nation's capital and being subject to an unlimited amount of uh, body checks. And, that is weird. Uh, fact checks. I know where I'm going to spend next Independence Day. What do you mean? Washington, D.C. Really? No. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I was saying it sounds like a terrible place to go. Yeah, this is a horrible Absolutely. idea. But some people another, still there. Another uh, good little spot of irony we saw was uh, the, the way that we walked. Well, we had to end up walking all around the city and ha- having a really hard time finding the uh, – or getting making the way to the Jefferson Memorial because of all the checkpoints. But uh, hmm. when we finally got up to the uh, first checkpoint, we didn't even know what was going on yet, but it, the, our path took us right past the uh, Holocaust Museum. And the Holocaust Museum happens to be doing a uh, – uh, display, I guess, on the uh, state propaganda. So that was right next to the first checkpoint that wow. we went through. It's funny. So that was quite Just ironic. The, the irony drips from, uh, from right. this this event. Uh, thanks for the call, Brian. I appreciate hearing from you. Good for you for getting out there and supporting the civilly disobedient folks. And of course, another great way to support civil disobedience, especially the stuff you hear about going on in New Hampshire, is to join the free. St- uh, excuse me, to join well, join the Free State Project's good idea, but to join the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org. Uh, it was the cdevolution.org's Jason Talley that made the live streaming possible from the event in D.C. yesterday. 
and uh, he's also the guy that actually originally created the Jefferson Dance Party. So it's a good uh, good organization. Mark, you and I are on the board of the yeah. uh, of the directors for that. So. Trying to keep it on the straight and narrow, right? All right. The uh, the number here for you, 800-259-9231. Ladies first. Kat is on the line in Texas. Kat, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, guys. How are you tonight? This voice sounds familiar. Yeah. Kat, how are you? Yeah. You, you formerly of New Hampshire, uh, moved, uh, unfortunately, back to Texas for family reasons, from what I understand. But nice to hear uh-huh. from you. Well, I, I just called to tell you all that Russell's in jail for civil disobedience again. Oh, in no. Texas. Yeah. What happened? Oh, my. Well, he decided to uh, chalk the federal building in Waco. Oh, man. And um, there's this guy named Naz. He was a drug addict on the streets, and he totally turned his life around. And he was doing awesome things, helping other people off the streets and helping other people kick their addictions. And the ICE guys took him away and are going to deport him. He was here on a green card. Oh, man. So Russell was moved by this, and he went and chucked free Naz on the federal building. And mm. boy, did he stir up a nest of hornets. Were, any, were you there with a video camera, or was anybody around to a witness? Yeah, I was there taking pictures. And just like you told the last caller, um, that's civil disobedience, because they arrested me, too. Oh, man. Just for What's taking the charge? pictures. What's the charge I'm sorry, for you? What? what do they charge you with for taking pictures? You know, I, I guess I was just detained for uh, an hour or so because um, uh, they just let me go. I wasn't right. really charged with So anything. it was an intimidation tactic then? Yeah, Russell went back after they let us go and chalked again. He did free Bradley Manning, <laughs> and then he's disappeared. I, I can't find him. I don't know what jail he, he's oh in God. or anything. So wait, he was arrested once for chalking. They let him out, and then he went back, and now he's gone? Right. That's a little scary. In Texas, that really scares me. I mean, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> it's the belly of the beast when it comes to sort of draconian, uh, you know, punishments. Law and order types. Uh, a lot of those folks live, uh, live down that way. Now, uh, was there anybody else out there to support you, or was it just the two of you? It was just us two. Um, it was right next to the Waco Tribune, and um, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to pick up the story or not. They, they wrote a big article on this NAS guy that was nice. Mm-hmm. So they said they might call me tomorrow, but I don't know. Well, I sure hope that works out for you. I presume you're going to post some pictures up at your website, nhfree. Would you, will you post them on the forum over at forum.nhfree.com? Is that the best place well, for folks to go? the feds um, took my camera and erased oh. all the pictures. Lovely. Yeah. Um, it might help if you called the federal marshals. Can I give out the number? Sure, go for it. 254 750 one five seven zero. Maybe just call him and say R- Russell shouldn't be in jail. Now that's two five four seven five zero one five seven zero. That's correct. And that's for the marshal's do- district office of Waco or whatever. Yeah, that's the guys. So two five four seven five zero one five seven zero. For those of you who don't know, Russell Canning is—he's uh, my inspiration, one of my inspirations, and you are as well, Cat. Uh, okay. You guys are some of the earliest movers as part of the Free State Project to New Hampshire, and I ho- certainly hope that we see you back here someday. Because obviously, if you guys are going to keep doing civil disobedience, we'd love to be able to get behind you in a better way than from just making a phone call from a, from a distance. Uh, but your inspiration, uh, your civil disobedience—you guys have been doing for a long time—has been a real inspiration for me, and I know I'm not the only one. And I want to thank you for coming on. I hope on the tonight. best for Russell. Yeah, please call us with whatever the news is. Will you? 
Oh, sure. And um, if you're interested in the website for this guy, um, we support NAS.com. Is that N-A-S? N-A-Z. All right, cool. More coming up. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there completely free. So enjoy those on us once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. All right, so we'll continue to take your phone calls about anything. Uh, There's still some corruption news uh, from the court system up here in New Hampshire. We'll uh, give you some more details on that. Plus, meth labs and why they're not being cleaned up anymore in some places. Julia's got that story. Uh, But first, to the phones and to your thoughts, your calls. Let's talk to Dwayne in Michigan. Dwayne, you're on Free Talk Live. The and Julia and Mark. Uh, Hi. Uh, Before I say anything, I want to say that I... uh Really love the show Free Talk Live. It's probably my second favorite show on the LRN.FM station, aside from, you know, the uh, No State Project Mark Stevens. So, uh, good job on the show. He does a good show. But cool. No, All right. Now that yeah. you buttered us up, what do you got? Uh, you see, I was wondering, you see, I know that I you have, like, a partnership or something with Amazon.com, and, well, I was going to wanted to bring to, to your attention some uh, problems with Amazon, some, uh, well, less than friendly uh, activity by them. Okay. What's happening? Basically, you see, uh, my grandma has an account on Amazon.com, which she had her debit card. Basically, I was the one who used it with her permission because she has no knowledge of computers. If she wanted to buy something, I would buy something for her on there. Makes so, sense. Okay. Okay, because she she's like 70 and she has no knowledge of computers. Got it. Okay, but, well, someone stole her credit card information and... She racked up about $20,000 in charges on it, and Amazon.com has been less than helpful in, you know, taking care of and helping her with the problem. They basically said, I don't care. Okay, and let's fact, let me clarify your story here for just a moment. Now, when someone stole her credit card information, are you saying they went to Amazon.com and used her credit card information to buy stuff? Yes. Okay. But they didn't use her account? They actually used her account, too. How did, how so did they get the account and the credit card? Information? So they stole both her login and her credit card information. Yeah, I have no, I no idea because I've been pretty careful with the password, but maybe it was a keylogger or something. But basically, they were able to steal the password and, for the account and thus her credit card information. Well, they no, that's changed. that's not possible. Um, I mean, just I mean, being familiar with Amazon, they don't store any credit card information in any sort of way that's retrievable. So they couldn't have possibly have stolen the credit card from well, Amazon. I mean, like credit card. They basically, well, I don't mean steal the credit cards, and they took the information card, credit card from information from Amazon. What I mean, to be more specific, is they hacked into the account and would. And since I didn't use the account that much, since it's my grandma's, and I only used it when she asked for stuff and all to, mm-hmm. and all, I did not log into it that much, and thus 
someone had taken the, the hacked, stolen the password somehow, changed most of the information, their email address to email address to yeah, their email not, address, the password to their nah. private password. How would you change the email address on an account? Is an account married to a particular email address? Well, you might be able to change the email address, Mark, but yeah, there's I, another problem with your story, and that is that uh, whenever you attempt to change an address on Amazon, they always re-ask you for the credit card information. So if you don't have the credit card information to start with, if I, for instance, if I get in your account, Dwayne, and I say, all right, I've got, you know, I've got, because you can go into, if you were to get into my account tonight, then you could order stuff to my address. You could send stuff to my address. Like a big giant gas powered ding dong? Whatever. And then I could just send it back because Amazon's got a great return policy. And But would you? Would I send back the ding dong? Yeah. I don't know. It just depends on what I really wanted a ding dong or not, whatever right. it is. Yeah, so, sure. Uh, but my point being, if you get into anybody's Amazon account and they have a credit card stored on the account, you cannot see the credit card number. They give you the last four digits or whatever, so you can identify right. which card it is. You can put orders on that card, but you can't change the address. It's, they've got a really good fraud protection program where if you, attempt to, if you attempt to say, I need to change the address on this account or the ship to address, they'll say, that's fine. You can change the address, but you can't use this credit card again on the account until you go ahead and put the credit card number in again and give us the information over again. So even though we have your credit card information, the fact that you're changing your address is a suspicious activity, and so we're just going to require that you give us your credit card information all over again. So, well, number one, they couldn't have possibly gotten the credit card information out of the account, and number two, unless they already had the credit card information, they couldn't have changed the address on the account. Actually, I've done that before because I had my account, once my personal account, okay, I moved, so I changed the information, and I, didn't, and they, I was not asked to put in my credit card information, my debit card and all. When I did that, so... Did you already have a credit card on the account? Yes. Well, maybe this was a long time ago or something like that, because I've but, done it recently, and uh, and that's been my experience. So I'm, I'm sorry to hear about that, but... So you're saying you had but, bad customer service from uh, from Amazon regarding yeah, this? Yeah, they basically... We called... My grandma called them in to try and see if they could do anything to help at all, and they were... In, incredibly rude, demeaning to her, and they also basically told her, flat out, we don't care. Well, you know, uh, usually when you've got an issue with a credit card, you want to go to the credit card company and put a dispute right. on the... And uh, she was planning on doing that, too. Yeah, but you, put a, you put a dispute on the transactions with the credit card company. The credit card company then investigates the transactions uh, with their fraud department to, you know, ensure whether or not there's an actual legitimate claim being made, and then they usually end up making the decision. It wouldn't hurt to contact the retailer as well. Right. And, you know, right. Amazon is a big corporation, and sometimes you get what you get with uh, with big corporations, which is you run into, uh, you know, the occasional bad customer service agent. Uh, but I think overall, I think a lot of people are very satisfied with their experience at Amazon. And I don't understand uh, what your claim is, really, that, uh, that you were allowed to change an address on your account without putting in no, the credit card info. What I'm trying to say is that someone had basically you were able to make charges on my grandma's credit card using her account that they added the uh, extra delivery address because mm-hmm. from my experience that you can have like multiple delivery addresses in home sure on as account. long as you put in the credit card information well, so i'm telling you the only way they would have been able to do this is if they had her credit card information before they got into the account 
They would have had to have had her credit card information some other way. Maybe it was a clerk at a you know local store where she went shopping. Is it possible it's a family member? It could be a family member. It could be anybody that has gotten their hands on her credit card. They could have copied down that information. You know the uh, the machines where like any local retailer, if somebody's got that card and they can take an imprint of it or something like that, or somehow write down the number or keep it in some way, shape, or form, it's completely uh, up to. You I mean, know, you've got the fraud. address of this person, right? What? You've got the address of this person. It's on the account, right? They Amazon did not give the information. They but you don't have the login the information anymore for the account? The account's been hijacked? They changed it. They completely hijacked the account, pretty much, for whoever did it. Right. They changed... So and Amazon's not interested in helping you get back into the account, is what you're saying? That plus, like I said, they're rude to me, and my grandma called them multiple times, got different people, about three of them out of the four... She's called four different people, basically. Got four different people. The four times she called three of them were about, I'd say, about as rude as demeaning as they could be and all because and question, I, she basically told me that they were questioning whether she was senile, things like that and all, because she did mention her age and all and things mm-hmm. like that. And I was rather mad about it because, I mean, I don't like my people insulting my grandma, obviously, but. And yeah, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear about your story, yeah. um, and I okay, wish you the bye. best of luck, and I thank you for the bye. call, Dwayne. 800-259-9231. They probably deal with a lot of people that have uh, hijacked a- accounts and uh, are trying to you know, tell them lies to get, it, to get into the account, and they probably deal right. with their Social fair engineering. share of, of – uh, right. that's, that's a heck of a lot easier than stealing an account. To Just, call up and try to pretend like you're the account holder yeah. and, oh, yeah, my birthday is su- such and such, and uh, I grew up on this street and you know, whatever. So, sorry, dude. What else? I don't know what else to say, man. I mean, I don't. I don't believe the story. For personally, the uh, the claim that uh, you can just go in and change an address. I've changed. I like, for instance, there was a there's a gentleman who's been in jail here for a little while. I wanted to send him some books, so I had to add the jail as an address on my Amazon account. Could not make an, a change to the addresses without putting in my current credit card information. That's a really smart way to prevent uh, fraudulent activities from happening. So the only way his story makes sense is if somebody jacked his credit, grandma's credit card number somewhere and, else. And knew her address, right? And knew how to get into the account and as well and got the, the account, account information. Yeah. So, uh, so 800-259-9231. But if you got bad customer service, you get bad customer service. So you can call and complain about it. I don't know. I've never had that problem with Amazon, so I don't know to where you would go. Uh, I guess you could try going up to a higher-level manager. That's typically what you do in these cases. Free Talk Live. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. And it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. And their value seems to only be growing with time. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are going up. WeUseCoins.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of these airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there for free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. And Mark, the uh, 
the Free State Project. Uh, you're a, a member. A I am a signer. Julia, you are also a participant. I am. We made the move here as part of uh, the Free State Project to New Hampshire, which was chosen by popular uh, a vote. And it was chosen from 10 potential states that were of low population. The idea is to bring as many liberty-minded people here and get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Because, well, liberty is just not on the increase anywhere around the world. And uh, we need to have a place where it is. So bringing liberty-minded people together to do that is, I think, a brilliant strategy. And that's why I joined up. Well, I think liberty is on the increase in Red China. They're just starting a heck of a lot farther behind Good point. Uh, around these parts, uh, <laughs> right. liberty is not on the increase, and so we want to change that. Go to freestateproject.org, join up, and get on up to New Hampshire as soon as you can. Join the fun, uh, freestateproject.org. Though it's not all fun because they're cracking down uh, here in Keene on press freedoms at the court. Maybe we'll get a chance to return to that here in just a moment. Uh, and by the way, if you want to support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us uh, at Amazon by going to shop.freetalklive.com. I think a lot of people have good experiences with uh, with Amazon. That's why they're the top retailer online. But, you know, the fact is they are a big corporation and there are going to be problems. There are going to be bad instances where people are not entirely satisfied with the, the product or the customer service. So all you have to do is look at their rating system. Sometimes people are upset. Yeah, sometimes the product sucks. And with a, Well, <laughs> and there's that too, but the Amazon right. doesn't make products. That's true, they uh, although they do make the Kindle from what I understand. That, okay. is, that is their product. And uh, that's been fairly popular as well. So uh, if you go to shop.freetalklive.com, you'll find links there to Amazon, different Amazons from around the world, uh, Canada, UK, US, Germany. You click into the appropriate Amazon where you would like to shop, and then you get your shopping done, and Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. And for me, I, I, I've never actually had to have an Amazon rep. Well, excuse me. I did have an Amazon rep on the phone one time. I was returning an item, and there was like an option where I could actually have Amazon call me uh, to to take care of some level of customer service, something that needed to be taken care of. I I just I forget. It was such a small detail. I forget what it was at this point. But it was really I th- I was impressed. Like every time I've ever had to do customer service stuff with Amazon, I've been impressed by how easy it is. The fact that uh, like it seems like inexpensive. They must spend a boatload of money on return items because when you buy something through Amazon, they'll pay to ship it back. Yep. And most companies, most online vendors will not pay to cover a return shipping. If you, I don't know if you ever had that, if you ever encountered yeah. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of times that's, that's the case. That's such an awesome, uh, it's just awesome. It's Zappos it. is the other one, the shoe company, they do it. Mm-hmm. So you can order 10 pairs of shoes. If they don't fit, you just send them back and I mean, it just makes it, I I even price wise because of that that customer service I wouldn't shop anywhere else. It's worth the extra yes. the extra few bucks to sh- to shop because it's there. so easy. I mean, they send it to you in the box. All you have to do is print the label. Right, it's just worth it. They get my business because of that. Same thing with Amazon. You got to return something. You print out their return label and psh, postage paid. Problem solved. So like sometimes I'll feel bad. Like I've had to do it a couple times and I'll almost feel bad. Like I, there's something I bought once that I, I bought because I didn't really know what I was getting, and I felt guilty because I did it twice in a row. The second time, I just didn't return it because I felt so bad. Like I, I dropped the ball as a customer <laughs> on this one, and I'm not going to have Amazon pick it up for me on uh, this, you know, that particular transaction. So I just gave it away uh, to somebody else. So 800-259-9231. You're the kind of customer that uh, businesses want, I can tell you that. Shop.freetalklive.com. Well, you know, I used to work in retail, so I know what it's like to deal with the customer service desk and, and taking returns from uh, from people. And 
some of the kind of scams that people will run on yeah. customer service. Sure, sure they like, will. You know, you, you uh, buy something and you buy like a video game system and put a brick in the box and try to return it in, in the hopes that the customer service Gosh, rep won't actually open it. Gosh, that's way outdated. You can't do that anymore. Well, no, probably not. But because they've learned you know enough to open up the box and make sure everything's yeah. actually in there. But, you know, just some stupid tricks are, are out there. And if somebody's not paying attention or not doing their job, then it might actually work. I'm told Zappos is owned by Amazon. There you go. That explains it, Julia. Did you know that? Really? That's what That's I'm told. That's why they're awesome. So 800-259-9231. Jeff is listening to WXNT in Indianapolis. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live. How are you, you fine people doing this evening? Just super. What's on your mind I'll, tonight? I want to ask about this uh, John Kurtz case down in Orlando, Florida. Yes, sir. He was arrested and he's serving time in jail for... For recording, he was he he saw the police abusing somebody, I believe, and he decided to record it with his video camera. Uh, he was arrested for that. They, of course, charged him with other things like uh, disorderly conduct and uh, resisting arrest, and I think it was uh, assault on a police officer, which of course he didn't do. And there's video footage to prove he didn't. But they ended up uh, getting a conviction on the resisting arrest charge. So even though the reason he was arrested was thrown out in court, was found not guilty for the reason he was arrested. They claim that he resisted resisted arrest without violence. And so I still say he can appeal that, but you know who wants to? Well, he's in jail, and it's it's hard to do anything. It sure from is, jail. and it costs a lot of money to appeal. Well, he already paid a lot of money to a lawyer to yeah. defend him on these uh, these charges. It's ridiculous. By though. the way, you can go to orlandocopwatch.com to see some of the stuff they've been doing down there. I wanted to ask a question here. Sure. Um, when he gets out of jail, he's going to be on probation. He has to maintain an order of restraint, I guess, against him. And he's got to stay so many feet away. From policemen, mm-hmm. what if he's a material witness in a case, and now would that order of restraint still apply then? <laughs> I'd imagine uh-huh. he would have to get some sort of exemption uh, to to come near a police officer. Uh-huh. What if you need help? The Good police question. officers help people, right? So, what if there's somebody breaking into my house? What I'm supposed to do is call the police. I guess you would have to inform they, them that there is a restraining order on you and that you cannot actually come near the uh, the police. So come help me, but stay away from me. I, I don't know how – it, it's a I great always, question. I always also really liked the numbers because I honestly could not tell you what 100 feet is. I, I mean, so who like says, oh, you've crossed the line, you're within 100 feet? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are you 99? Are you 101? What's 80 feet look like? I don't know. Right. You're relying on the police officer to eyeball it, right? Because they're not going to just pull out a measuring tape. And uh... If one passes you on the interstate, do you have to swerve over into the, the right. median? Right. Good questions all. Uh, Jeff, your thoughts? That's it. So, But you folks have a good day. And I want to see you guys do the safety dance. <laughs> Thanks for the call. That's sure what that looks like. Appreciate hearing from you. There is there is video actually of the Free Talk Live crew, uh, the Sunday edition crew. Actually, before you took over the Sunday show, Mark uh, Stephanie was here doing uh, one of her shows, and it was after the Jefferson Dance Party where Jason Talley was in here from Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund, and uh, Hannah was here who actually wrote the uh, the State Free Dance song, which kind of riffs on the safety dance. And they were actually in here dancing during every single break. Somebody ripped the footage from our cam and they made a youtube video of it. so i'm sure if you search for free talk live dancing or something like that you'll probably be able to find video find footage of uh, people dancing i came in at one point with my super gay uh hat that i wore at buzz's big gay dance party and uh, was was engaging in a little bit of dancing ian's big gay hat yeah it is a it is a very big and gay very gay hat uh, so 800-259-9231. How did the gay guys get the rainbow? I like rainbows just fine. They're pretty, aren't they? The rainbows are great. 
I mean, why is it that they rainbows took purple are gay? Too. What's that? They took purple too. Purple? They've got I'm purple? just kidding. No, no, pink. Like pink. Isn't purple the official gay color? I couldn't tell Maybe. you of any of these things. I think it is. I, I, I don't think rainbows should be considered gay. They're just, just colorful things. What about Dalmatian spots? My hat has Dalmatian spots. That's so zebra stripes. Yeah, one of the others. Any of the hats you put on look gay. All right, more coming up here. <laughs> you can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources and a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Meth labs are on the way here. We'll uh, tell you about why it is they apparently aren't even being bothered to be cleaned up anymore. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And, of course, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. And, Mark, tell me about Free State Now. Well, Free State Now is a project that I've come up with, a campaign that I've come up with to uh, help complete the 20,000 number for the Free State Project, uh, those of you who know about the Free State Project, those of you likely to get involved in Free State now know that the uh, Free State Project has a 20,000 signer mark that sort of triggers everything. Well, um, I think that we need to get to that 20,000 mark, and I think we need to get there much more quickly than we are getting there. The current sort of kill date, I believe, if everything goes the way it uh, has been going, is like 2026 which is way too long. We can make the 20,000 signer mark, and we can do it in 12 months, and I can do it with your help. Go to freestatenow.com and sponsor one, three, or ten signers. You can do it today. I'm getting... I'm getting these signers at a rate of a third of what the Free State Project has been able to advertise at, and I can do, and I can get more with your help. Uh, Jason Osborne and I and uh, uh, Will Buchanan have all uh, are all working together to get this to happen. Will Buchanan's the guy that actually walked across the country to come here. Yeah, he, he kind of cares about liberty. Yeah, FreeStateNow.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Of course, you can bring up whatever you want. For those of you just tuning in, uh, there's been a crackdown, or there is a, a crackdown imminent here in our very own Keene, New Hampshire. As you know, it's, there's kind of an activist uh, stronghold. Lots of people have moved here, and more will move here as, as they're joining the Free State Project and looking at different destinations, Manchester, Keene, the seacoast, etc. Uh, inevitably, more people are going to come out to Keene, because there's a, a good a group of folks out here, and they stand up for, uh, for one another, and they back each other up when they're in trouble and they go to court and and they support people and the people in the courts don't like that very much and now they've issued uh there's been an administrative order issued essentially targeting uh people who bring in recording devices you bring a camera audio recording device video recorder into a courtroom and you'll be charged with contempt of court that's cell phone yeah that's what the uh, the claim is here on this order and they use the fact that activists have been there as an excuse like people are gathering here they're supporting each other we can't be having this here they're getting in the way of people that have legitimate business with the court you can't just be hanging out here you can't be talking to judges as they're coming into work and they're just they're really frustrated they're really upset by all the activism that has gone on and now they're trying to kick the t- the tyranny into high gear so i guess we'll see what ends up transpiring but i just wanted to share with you some of the more absurdities uh, from this order, which is posted over at freekeen.com. 
Number one, no cameras or audio equipment may be used at any time in the court's lobby or anywhere in the public area of the court's leased premises. The court leases the entire building in the case of the, uh, I believe they own or lease the, court. the whole bu- building in the case of the Superior Court. So that sounds to me like they're talking about the parking lot and the front door uh, of the, you know, the whole place. Yeah, sounds that way. The whole property. Way. And in the district court, they lease this part of the second floor. Uh, the lobby is supposedly a public area. People are crossing through there all the time, but they've, you know, they're cracking down. Uh, they go on to say that you could get in with a video camera if you were to give them advanced uh, notice. Particularly, they say here that uh, broadcasting equipment, all requests to bring cameras, broadcasting equipment, and recording devices into the courthouse shall be made in writing on a form prescribed by the court no later than 48 hours prior to the court hearing sought to be recorded. I wonder how apt they are to say yes when you submit the form. Well, that's that's a good question. I mean, they, I've never actually requested. I've always told them. So I've always people say, well, you need to file a motion. Well, no, I don't. I'll file a notice because if I am and I'll file a notice out of courtesy uh, to them, because if you have the right to free to be the free press, if as the New Hampshire Constitution states, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here, but the, the right of the free press is critical to having freedom. <laughs> and so therefore it should be involubly, involubly preserved. And that's that's kind of their Article 22. It's their it's their version of the the First Amendment, or I guess the First Amendment was their version of New Hampshire's Article 22. And uh, so you know, right there in the Constitution, the free press is supposed to be preserved. So this is supposed to be you know a real paramount thing. So how is it that they're preserving the free press if they're saying that if you're part of the press, you've got to come and ask permission? Yeah, they want nothing to do with free press, <laughs> right? Well, and if this was if this was private property, like I work at, at a financial institution, and mm-hmm. it is absolutely forbidden to have cameras in this place. Sure, but it's private property. If you you know, if you believe that that property can really be public and that it should be public, then everybody should really be able to do whatever they want on that. I mean, we've all paid a chunk of that. Exactly. When you go into your financial institution, is it informed on the front door you can't have I don't a think so. I think they would just tell you to turn it off. I see. Yeah, because there's nobody there like stopping you from using a cell phone or anything no, like no, that. No, no, no. You can have a cell phone. It's just if you were just taking pictures, right, um, right. that's not really, that's not yeah. really uh, good. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. But that's private property and private property owners And they would come up they and want. they would just ask you, you know what I mean? And at that point, since it is private property, they if you said you no, leave. they could tell you to leave. Yeah. Um, and in this case, you're right. Everybody did pay for this courthouse, which is really and what that's makes what this... they want. You know, they love this system that where every this public property exists. And if that's what you want, you need to follow the public rules. And I wish I had been rolling audio or something on this whole conversation because we had a lengthy encounter with the the cops today. But they had already had our stuff because I had to go in to file this paperwork, and they wouldn't let me go in with any sort of cameras. So I'd basically already been stripped of my recording devices, and I wasn't ready to make to be arrested at that particular point anyway because i was caught by surprise but at one point one of the uh the angry guards who's got a real stick up his butt about uh liberty activists looks at us and says something to the effect of well why don't you just leave us alone and i said well that would be fine if you would stop stealing my money like all you have to do is stop stealing my money and i'll be more apt to never come set foot in your building ever again because then I could just encourage my friends to not pay their money too. Right. It's not like people ask to go to court. Yeah. You know, generally, I mean, you know, they, they they've been aggressed upon in some manner or another. Generally, this, this must really get under their skin because if you think about the 
like the average person, when they go to court, all they care about when they're going into the court, they're nervous. All they care about is getting the Get least, it over with. right? Getting it over with, getting the least po- possible punishment. You dress nice, you go in. Yes, sir. No, sir. They yep. are used to being uh, groveled Just at. Just the and, ring. And so when they they experience this, this is probably. The first time they've ever experienced this, especially in in the quantity that they do in mm-hmm. ever, and it just must really get under their skin. Number three, members of the public entering the court facility for purposes of conducting court business will be expected to conduct that business expeditiously and leave the premises immediately thereafter. Now, you hear that? Their expectation is that you... Don't come to court unless you've got quote-unquote business in the court mm-hmm. and... Get your business done and get out. This is a public uh, hearing. These are public hearings. They're telling members of the public, do not come to court. Number four, members of the public entering the court facility for purposes of observing scheduled events in the courtroom will be expected to conduct themselves according to the instructions of the presiding judge, refrain from any conduct which disrupts the proceedings, and leave the premises immediately upon the end of the court session. Now they That's actually insane. they actually attempted to kick me out of this courtroom, uh, one of these courtrooms, the other day, and the video's up over at freekeen.com of what happened. But it was after they took our friend Jim Johnson away for not filling out a form. They put him in a cage for an indeterminate period of time for contempt of court for not filling out their court form. They then. The uh, little short man that's got a short man's uh, attitude or whatever you call it where, you know, short man syndrome, short man syndrome. He uh, starts yelling at me to leave the courtroom. Now, this was after I'd already put in notice. I had my camera set up. I was recording this trial. They hadn't taken Jim out of the courtroom at this point. And so I said, no, I'll, I'll be staying here until until that man leaves, until Jim was actually gone. And I did stay. I did not leave when he was yelling at me and demanding and then grabs my arm and attempts to push me out of the court. I did not leave until Jim left. And that's when I said, all right, I'll leave now. And that's when I left on my own volition with that man shouting at me the entire time. But this is the idea. Well, he believed that he believed it was over. And so therefore you need to leave right now. Right. And, uh, and no. And then they bring Jim back in the courtroom. So I turn right back around and I walk back in after he told me not to come back in. And they didn't arrest me for it. I was, I was yeah. amazed. Well, this by is the that. result of what, what, what that was all about. But what we you. really need is more people here. By the way, that was, uh, that was pretty much the end of the order. But what we need is more people. We need more people in New Hampshire to get active in whatever way they think is best. Maybe civil disobedience isn't for you. There's plenty of support roles and political things that you can do. Uh, to change things here, but I think we need another thousand activists like now. It's Free Talk Live. People ask me, Tim, why did you start VerbalSurgery.com? Well, it's easy. I started making these podcasts to make you feel better right now. That's right. From the tops of the Himalayas to the bottom of the deepest seas. That's right. These broadcasts go out to everywhere on the planet and most importantly, deep inside of your brain to make you feel better right now. And isn't that what it's all about? VerbalSurgery.com. Check it out today. Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for you and your thoughts at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features free. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. Features on the website include our webcam. You can go and watch over at cam.freetalklive.com. You can also chat because the chat room is built into the same page as the webcam. Once again, that's cam.freetalklive.com. Bear with us on the cam. It is uh, th- This is going to be a week where there are going to be some changes made. I've actually got a new webcam on order. We're going to try to compare and contrast it uh, to our existing cam. See what is see what looks the best. Uh, so we'll be doing some tweaking, and hopefully by the end of the week, uh, we'll come up with a, a solution that is more permanent. Uh, but right now, it is still up, and you can go and enjoy it, and it's free, of course. So go to cam.freetalklive.com. Once again, 800-259-9231. Mike is in Alaska listening on XM's America's Talk. Hello, Mike. Mike in Alaska. <laughs> I'm in Arkansas. Hello? Oh, I apologize. It was AK put down there, and I, I think that yeah. was, yeah, so. I lived in Alaska for seven years, but I've been in Arkansas almost 30 years. <laughs> Mike, apologies. Go ahead with your thoughts, sir. Well, you're a breath of fresh air out there on the airwaves. i got to say that right now. Thanks. And I thought Arkansas was the only place we ran into uh, judges that sat up there and ruled from their mighty throne. And Oh, no. They, Dude, it is uh, everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, it's power. It, it goes to people's heads. It corrupts yeah, people. The, power corrupts. The, uh, the gentleman that called in a little bit ago about the custody battle, we, just, we went through a similar one. My daughter-in-law passed away. Biological father came out of the woodwork after seven years of not being in the child's life, decided they wanted custody. We had 120 pages of police reports on the guy and his stepdad, even a police report where he admitted sexually assaulting a 15-year-old girl, hmm. led it down to a misdemeanor. It was treated like a DUI. The other cases we were told weren't current, so they weren't relevant to our case. And my son had to settle for joint custody, or he faced completely losing his daughter altogether, so he gets her every other weekend. But it was the judge basically said he was going to do his way gave us uh, an hour and a half for a hearing that should have been two days long. We had teachers and everybody about my son's character. The judge wouldn't even listen to him. Incredible. And it was just, it, Did it you was feel just like so he'd already made up his mind in advance? Oh, he had his mind made up the day we went into court. Like mm-hmm. I say, he gave us an hour and a half, made it clear that he had to be done by 11 o'clock that day. <laughs> he let one teacher talk for five minutes, and the whole time he sat there looking at the clock and looking at his watch. Yep. And completely, I mean, didn't even recess for his decision, just came out and told what his decision was at the end of the day. And it was, and the child has just been completely traumatized by this whole thing. It's, I mean, she was, she's separated now from her three siblings. And this is after losing her mother. And, and it's just, she's eight years old. She's, she's just lost. Man, I'm sorry. Hopefully, when she gets, when she gets old enough to make her own decision, Maybe she can overrule the judge, is what we've been told. But this this particular judge is judge, if I can say his name. Yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, it's judge Robert Hertz, Judge Robert Hertzfield in Saline County, Arkansas. When he comes up for re-election, we will be. Oh, you guys actually get to elect him there, huh? Yeah, we yes, don't even sir, get to we, do. we don't even get to elect him here in New Hampshire. It just goes to show you that even though you can elect these people, these characters, I'm not even sure who appoints them here in New doesn't Hampshire. Doesn't matter. The governor does. This particular this particular judge was is running on his father's shirt tail because his father was a wonderful man before he passed away. His family is very highly thought of and. This judge ah, is a nepotism. joke. He is truly a joke. Well, I tell thank you, you, you very when, much. You, you, Mike. Breath of fresh air. When, Appreciate it. Thanks. When you get a good, uh, like a name that's respected in an area, that really carries a lot of weight. 
Well, uh, the but the judge here isn't really respected by uh, a lot of people, no, and it, it doesn't matter. Anything to do with that? Eh? Uh, what matters is the power. And he li- not- does he live in Keene? He lives in Keene. He does actually. Yeah, we've done protests out in front of his house. It's actually been a while before we. It's been a while since we've had a protest out in front of uh, this man, this robed man's house. And some people have been talking about it. I don't know if anybody's going to actually move forward with it. I don't want to be the one to do it because I don't want to be the one to like put together everything. Uh, sometimes it feels like I'm putting together more things than I should be. And so I'm hoping some other folks decide to run with these ideas we could also theoretically find the, uh, the the court security agents find out where they live i looked up one of their names in the white pages today and it appears to be the same person i mean this is a relatively small area we live in Keene, new hampshire which is a uh, you know a small city large town of twenty five thousand people plus maybe maybe about twenty three thousand people plus about six thousand five thousand college students for you know half the year and uh, so it's you know if you if you look up a name in the white pages and that name comes up, you know odds are good that's the person you're looking for. Chances are good. Yeah. So I don't know. Go to go to his house. The uh, the you know the little man syndrome guy. Go to his house and see if he'd like to have a maybe a peaceful candlelight vigil outside his front door. He would probably really consider that a threat. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't want to threaten these people. I don't want them to be uh, to be afraid. We're not violent. No one's ever given them a reason to be afraid. As that's far as my violence. thought when they they throw around this word threat. But ha- I mean, has a f- has a somebody from Free Keen or a Free State or ever th- really threatened? Have have they ever given this any of these people a reason to feel afraid? There have been a couple of people that have come into town and have kind of agitated for violence, but uh, they, they don't, don't tend to stay around, around very long. Yeah, and some would suggest that those people are agents provocateur yeah. who are trying to encourage people to be violent so that they, the government people will have a reason to crack down and crack heads and that sort of thing. But that hasn't actually happened to my knowledge. There was one gentleman who was maybe a little hot-headed, and I think he's cooled down uh, since then. But then again, he had a reason to be, considering that uh, he was attacked by the police and you know they laid him out and put him in a wheelchair for, uh, for a few weeks and inside jail. That'll make you mad. Yeah. So one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Julia, tell me about the uh, these meth labs because apparently the government people have been spending a lot of money cleaning up all these meth labs around the country. Yes, what's going on? This is actually from uh, NPR reporting on this, but it's uh, methamphetamine seizures are on the rise, and the crackdown on the drug during the last decade has led to some dramatic drops in manufacturing across the U.S. Now I'm not sure if I believe that, but that's the claim. Okay. That manufacturing is down in the yeah. U.S. I don't never, know if I believe that. I'd like to see a source uh, quoted for that. because well, all they can really say is we're not busting as many meth labs, so therefore right. manufacturing right. is down. Right. So I mean, they would have better? no way to really know that. Yeah. Is, yeah. It's, okay, so is there less meth? If manufacturing is down, there, should have, there would have to be less right, meth. Right, and I would say that meth use, from what I know, I, I know a, a fair amount about meth, and I, I think that use is higher than it's ever been with meth, so I would say that there's more meth. It seems to be that, yeah, the, the, you know, <laughs> show me when they've ever cut down production of drugs. Yeah, I yeah. can't. I can't when drugs that. lose popularity, production goes down, but that has nothing to do with the state. Yeah. So what's That's happening now? All right. Uh, in some states, the numbers are edging back up to where they were before. Addicts have found easier ways to make the illegal drugs, despite stricter laws regulating one of its key ingredients, pseudoephedrine. The market will provide. Yes. Tennessee led the nation with more than 2,000 meth lab busts last year. But new federal cleanup rules and reluctance of state legislatures to pass stiffer anti-meth laws are hampering police. I've got a newsflash for you. Stricter meth laws won't do anything. Mm-mm. Tennessee led led the nation. Oh, I already read no, that. It, Sorry. It, stricter meth laws aren't going to stop people from wanting to, to get high. No. 
They, they've never Hasn't stopped. happened yet. Officers face numerous perils where uh, dealers have cooked homemade methamphetamine. Uh, there's gases, chemical burns. Um, Jesse Reynolds of the tax, task force in Clarksville, Tennessee, said once police raid a meth lab, his team goes to work. Members wear hooded suits with masks and two layers of gloves. Phosphine gas will kill you. All the flammable materials that you've got to handle, if there's a spark or something, it it could go high order. Mm. There's so many hazards dealing with it, trying to make the area safe. You can't just leave it there. What if a little kid gets into it? It's a good question. If they actually cared about little kids getting into meth labs, they would legalize meth. Yeah. And the reason why is because if meth were legal... little kids don't get into uh, alcohol, liquor stills. Pfizer. Little kids, little kids don't get into big drug manufacturing uh, right. aspirin plants. Methamphetamine, the way methamphetamine is produced has come a long way. It was not always produced in somebody's garage. Now they actually have methods where you can produce it in like a two liter bottle. So they have people just driving around making meth. Well, isn't desoxin uh, legal meth? Isn't there um, an actual the prescription? Yeah, yeah it started as a prescription drug, and it was it, it wasn't until it was cracked down on the process has gotten nastier and nastier as far as the chemicals and things like right. that. It's dangerous because it's illegal. It's dangerous, and kids are at kids are at risk because it's illegal. So if they really cared about the kids, they these cops would be advocating for legalization. Right, but they would never say that. In Tennessee, police used used to call in certified contractors to neutralize these poisons and haul them away. It costs about $2,000 each time, which the federal government used to pay for until budget cuts this spring. Now, Mm. Tennessee authorities are turning to people like Kentucky State Police Sergeant to learn how to do them themselves. Wilson is teaching a class of about 30 officers across Tennessee to use pH strips to help figure out what they're dealing with. Wilson's role here is like teaching a person to fish, teach a police officer to clean up a meth lab. He'll save his agency thousands. Oh, man. I got some other ideas on how you could save more than thousands. Is arresting a pot smoker and keeping him in jail more important than cleaning up a meth lab if you really think that they should be illegal? I don't know about you, but if I were a cop, I wouldn't have signed on to do meth lab cleanup work. Oh, God, no. Sounds sounds like a really awful job. Sounds like a good way to to not collect your pension. Yeah. All right. Well, we're done for tonight, but we'll be back tomorrow, and you can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, free books, a forum, and activist tools you can download and use in your area at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.